Kira Barber Motorsports Park, the green flies, and Grosjean leads this star-studded field of green. Great start from Robin Grosjean, side by side behind him as Padua Ward tries to go on the outside of Alex Pillow, and I think he's going to pull that off. He'll have a great run on Grosjean now into five. Oh, Pillow's looking good here with a run already. No push to pass, but he has the draft going to the break zone. And he's on those softer compound ties. He said they should work well. And Grosjean runs wide. It opens the door not only for Award but for Pelot. Look at this wheel to wheel on the opening lap. Grosjean's got the better line and keeps the lead. Oh, and Pelot snuck it inside Pato Award. So Pelot was patient but pounced when it mattered. Here is Grosjean. 29 laps in the books. Romain Grosjean has led every one of them so far. Those primary tires going on. Alex Pillow at the front end of pit road going to primaries as well. We'll see the race here. Look at that. A long stop for the 10. Erickson also in. And Grosjean with a good jump here on pit road. There's Grosjean. Here comes Alex Pillow. There's Pato Award. That's close. Super close between the Ganassi and the McLaren. Oh, this is going to be spicy down to turn five, Townsend side by side through four, Pelot in the marbles. Pato's got the advantage, Clear. hot tires, and Pelot had to run wide through the dirty section of the track. So nice move from O'Ward. That puts a car between him and Scott Dixon. Here comes Christian Lungard. You got to be smart here. I know he wants to pounce, but there are cars battling for position in front. You don't want to make a move. Closing right up out of turn 13. Will he dive down the inside? Scott covers. Dixon defends. He knows that New Garden style move. And look at this. On the last turn, Lungard pounces and gets Scott Dixon. That's a savvy move. There is a stalled car, the 51 of Stingray Rob. The Bio Haven car has come to a stop. Alexander Rossi dives into pit lane. They're going to try to get here before that yellow comes, and Scott McLaughlin, the leader, in as well. If you're a three-stopper, you want a box right now. There's there the is. caution. Grosjean will lead this green field flag, of green, green but how long will he stay in the lead? Here we go. Pretty good jump from Grosjean. He only has to go about 17 more laps to make his last stop to get to the end. But McLaughlin will be pressing hard. And it's the two guys who gave us that ultimate theater on the streets of St. Petersburg to start the year. McLaughlin and Grosjean going for the win again. Here's Pato Award, brother. Alex Pelot defending from Christian Lungard. And Lungard does the over and under beautifully. Remember, no push to pass yet. And what a great move from Christian Lungard on those softer alternate tires to go around the 2021 series champion. Race leader is in. Now we put our eyes on Romain Grosjean. And watch where these two guys come out. One Honda driver, one Chevrolet driver, where they join. Here comes Romain Grosjean. This is going to be good. McLaughlin comes out ahead, but on cold tires. And Grosjean is going to be pushing 100% for the next couple corners. Turn five. Whatever you want. Turn five. Here we go. Setting up. This is where the race was won a year ago with Pato Award and Renas Fike. From a long way back, but he's not close enough. Romain Grosjean's got to do a Joseph Newgarden-style move. Inside opportunity coming up. Can he get his car tight to the right? Tight to the right. No, McLaughlin blocks that. Watch him try to cross it up and make it happen right here. Oh, inside, inside. Romain Grosjean wheel to wheel with Scott McLaughlin for the lead. That, Fantastic stuff. That's the kind of move you want to see. Aggressive but calculated. And Scott McLaughlin gave him just enough room to pull it off. The 28 to the point. That was awesome. Rojan goes way wide. Way, way wide. Oh, and almost.
almost comes back in. That turn five spot is a real handful for Grosjean. There's going to be a new race leader. His name is Scott McLaughlin. With no push to pass left, there was absolutely nothing Roman Grosjean could do. Scott got on the button, easily cleared him into turn eight, and to the lead go the Thirsty Threes. Scott McLaughlin wins at Baba Motorsports Park and makes it four different winners. How much better was that to be on offense all day long in that three-stop strategy versus saving fuel? I call it a happy driver strategy. <laughs> uh, I was a lot happier doing that, but I'm so thankful. First weekend for Good Ranchers on the car. What an amazing thing for them to be with us this weekend. My team advanced me to, to victory lane there. We had great fuel. Uh, you know, went past uh, Grosjean there on a little bit of strategy, advanced past him, and um, yeah, I feel really good about it. Watch the GMR Grand Prix Saturday, May 13th at 3.30 p.m. on NBC. And with that, welcome to episode 24 of the Push to Pass podcast. This is going to be uh, reviewing the Children's of Alabama Indy Grand Prix. Uh, but before we get uh, into that, uh, I see that our host of characters, all all two of them, believe it or not, uh, have were able to uh, join us uh, this week uh, first. Uh, Josh, uh, glad to uh, have you back. What a uh, exciting race uh, last week that we had at Barber. Uh, we'll uh, break that down. Uh, here uh, momentarily uh, but uh, how have you been uh, since we spoke last oh, good uh, hanging in there trying to uh, battle this weather you know up and down up and down hot cold hot cold hopefully for the month of May we gradually get uh, warmer and warmer so at the end of the month we're having one fantastic race where it's uh, hopefully RC's in there and uh, <clears throat> having a great uh, run and and speaking of the aforementioned R.C. Enerson. Um, I normally don't speak for Josh because obviously he can hold his own when it comes to this, but I think he'll agree with me on this. And R.C., for me and Josh, we want to tell you how extremely proud uh, we are of you able to uh, uh, field a car, as you've uh, talked about, um, for the 500 to be an entry. And uh, we get to spend uh, the month of May with you. So we are so, I don't know if I can say this, freaking proud of you. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, no, it's been a long time in the making. I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time and finally kind of got things underway in January, February. So it's it's been a long time coming. Yeah, RC, what's um RC, what uh what what can we look forward to this coming month? From you, are you in Indy right now? Are you uh, getting fitted up for the car? Yeah, um, I was at Barber, so I was at the race and uh, figured that was a good stop to do on the way up, bringing the RV up because obviously we got to load in the RVs to the driver owner lots. Um, I believe on Thursday, so in two days. So I'm chilling at a campground at uh, in Indianapolis and uh, ready to load in on Thursday, and I'll be here the entire month. So very nice. Yeah, we, we definitely can't wait, to RC, to uh, get out there and to uh, uh, to see you and, and officially meet. And, and I know we've spoken about having some uh, adult sodas, and I can't wait to uh, do that uh, 
as well. But uh, before we handle uh, any of that, uh, we did have a, a race this past weekend, as you mentioned, uh, being in uh, Barber for the Children's Alabama Indy uh, Grand Prix. Uh, before we get to that, uh, we do have two special guests uh, joining us, and I and, and Josh, and I think RC as well, are uh, so uh, uh, proud to be able to say that we're going to have uh, Don Cusack and Stefan Wilson. Um, that are uh, Stefan's going to be uh, in the uh, Indianapolis 500 as well, battling right there uh, alongside uh, RC. Uh, they're going to be joining us at the top of the hour. Uh, so that's why we've got a little bit of a, a time change. We had to make uh, some adjustments, uh, but you know what? We can do them and, and then. That's what uh, that's what we're doing on the fly. But uh, speaking of uh, Barber, as uh, RC just uh, pointed out, he was there uh, last weekend. What an interesting race, um, especially going into it. Uh, there was a lot of talk, and I would imagine RC, you'll be able to back this up, and Josh as well. But there was a lot of talk uh, over the weekend in the paddock about is this going to be a two or three stop race? Which uh, which strategy is going to be the one uh, that uh, wins it? And uh, you know Scott McLaughlin, congratulations to him and the and the Thirsty Threes. I I, I love that pit crew name, uh, the Thirsty Threes for pulling off the uh, three pit strategy uh, that uh, ultimately won him the race. And, and it's unfortunate uh, because uh, you know Roman Grosjean, uh, I think he took the title away uh, from uh, from Pato Award this weekend. Uh, he's had to play bridesmaid again. Uh, uh, Roman has, but uh, what an exciting race. Uh, RC first, I'll let you uh, elaborate a little bit on it being there. Uh, what did you see and uh, how, uh, how exciting was that for you? Well, I'd say like the first thing would be as far as Barber Motorsports Park races go, this was definitely one of the more exciting ones. I feel like um, it's the perfect opportunity when they can make the race distance so close between the two stop and three stops. So you have so much going on. You really have to pay attention to the TV, the timing, who's pitting, who's on what strategy to be able to pay attention. I mean, it, it gives those strategy or the strategists kind of a headache trying to figure out what's going on. And it's kind of comes down to the wire. I, I do think Grosjean had that in the bag. Um, when you look at how McLaughlin got by him, that was just a mistake on the braking portion. If he just hadn't run wide, even saving people, but it's so difficult to pass there that I don't think Scott would have had the opportunity to do it with, with the tire dag. You saw it with Will Power once the second he got close to, to Roman, um, he couldn't really go anywhere. Even though he had blistering pace, he gets there, you get the arrow wash impossible so if he just hadn't made that one small mistake to run wide at turn five i think he would have had it in the bag even with saving fuel it's just very very difficult to pass there and but i was surprised in the mid pack and and watching the watching the race how much passing and how much but i think the, the real chaos and the whole making the race exciting came from the the two different strategies Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And Josh, I'll let you elaborate on this uh, here as well. And what RC is referring to, if you didn't see it, um, the last stop that uh, McLaughlin in uh, McLaughlin had, uh, it was basically that came. That's what the race came down to. Uh, McLaughlin uh, was on cold tires. Um, Grosjean was setting a blistering pace to catch him. He eventually does pass him. And then what RC was referring to, I believe, was lap 62. 
I believe, um, in turn five. That is where uh, Roman Grosjean made that one squabble, and uh, uh, McLaughlin was sitting back, biding his time, being patient. And uh, when uh, Grosjean made that wobble going too wide in turn five, I believe, uh, that's where uh, McLaughlin uh, made his pass and and ultimately uh, took control of the race and ended up winning. And, and you're absolutely right, as we will look at the uh, stand or we'll look at the results here in a minute. But the uh, Roman Grosjean had the most dominant car. I think you're absolutely right. There was his to lose. Um, he led uh, 57 of the 90 laps. So yes, he uh, for the majority of the race. Uh, was the uh, had the dominant entry, dominant car, but it was that one uh, squabble, as you said, uh, going wide in turn five on lap 62, I believe, is what uh, cost uh, Grosjean. And again, as I said, uh, he becomes the uh, bridesmaid again. But uh, Josh, I know you watched it, uh, watched the race uh, this weekend as well. Uh, what was the uh, perspective that you had? Yeah, like you said, a uh, little squabble. I mean, these race cars are so temperamental that. Uh, you know, just like Pato in the first race of the year, he uh, had that one one split second where the engine just shut off and he uh, he lost the race. Grosjean had that little wobble there on lap 62, as you were saying, that um, just just cost him the race. These cars are so temperamental that just the, even the slightest window that uh, that you give your opponent or your the person you're racing against, they're going to take advantage of this. <clears throat> These guys are uh, professional drivers and they see that and they're going to pounce all over it. Uh, it was an exciting race. Uh, that was the first, my first time ever watching a race at Barber, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, I liked it. Uh, it piqued my interest a lot more. Um, you know, with it being the, um, I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, street street or road course fan. I'm always an oval. I'm always going to uh, go in there for ovals. But Barber is uh, is interesting. I'd like to uh, maybe next year go down and ch check out and see what it's like. Uh, I from from a uh, guest we had on last week, uh, Jay Query, he was talking about how beautiful it is down there. Um, just like to go down there and check out the uh, check out the speedway, not the speedway, the uh, course, and see what it looks like on race day and uh, get a perspective of what it looks like. But it it was a great race. It was uh, battled back and forth between Grosjean and uh, McLaughlin. You know, uh, uh, a little farther back. Um, Award and uh, Polo were having a uh, one heck of a battle going between fourth and fifth. Um, it was uh, it was a good weekend all around. Uh, I'm ex it was a like I said, it was a good weekend all around, and uh, excited to move on to Indy and see what we can do on the road course. And then, uh, of course, at the end of the end of the end of the week, uh, end of the month, the uh, Mac Daddy of them all, the Indy Five Hundred. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Josh. And I want, and I have a question for for RC um, uh, here in a minute. But I, I found an interesting statistic right before we uh, we went on air, and I found this on Twitter. Uh, hat tip to Brian Fetrich uh, on Twitter at five hundred indie nineteen eleven. Can one of you, or can both of you, name the only two drivers who have finished in the top ten? in all four races this year. And keep in mind, uh, the NTT IndyCar series has both been to all three oval road and street courses, but can you name the only two drivers who have finished in the top 10 in all four races this year? I think I can. Um, I think I know one and I might know the other, but, uh, okay. uh RC, you, you buzzed in first. Who do you, who, what, what's your two guesses? I'm going to go with Marcus Erickson and Alex Pillow. 
That's Josh exactly that was exactly who I was thinking. I know Erickson has, but I couldn't remember if Polo had or not. Yeah, that, you guys, you guys win the prize. Yep, you uh, you guys win the prize. You are absolutely right. Marcus Erickson and Alex Polo are the only two drivers so far to finish in the top ten in all four races. And, and it's interesting when when uh, you know when the media talks to Marcus Erickson after races. That's the one thing that he talks about is consistency is key. And, and that's exactly what uh, what he has done through these first four races. Uh, RC, the, the last question I have for you to, to wrap up Barber here, and we'll go through the points and results and whatnot, but how much momentum does a driver and a team carry uh, from winning uh, Barber like uh, Scott McLaughlin and the Thirsty Threes did uh, to carry over to not only the road course there at uh, IMS, uh, but the, the big enchilada, the Indianapolis 500? I mean, as a driver specifically, too, it is huge. It is really, really huge. Um, I mean, I have many examples of it just in my own careers. Like when I was in USF 2000, we had won Winterfest, which was the preseason championship going into the full championship series. And we had won that, and that put us on the momentum for a full championship deal. We, I think we won five out of the 14 races and did really, really well. We ended up second in the championship, but – uh then I look onto my indie indie lights or indie next as it is now. Um, I had my win at Mid Ohio, and following that came like four podiums, um, all back to back to back. And it really, it, when you get that win, it really strives things forward. And it doesn't, you don't really change much. You're doing in the car, just the confidence level means a lot. It's worth that extra tenth or two that puts you up at the front. Yeah, so just the reason why I asked, I know, you know, going from Barber and the in the road course there uh, to uh, Indy in the in the oval, and then I guess uh, the road course there in Indy as well. Just you know, that's why I asked to see what the you know transition, I guess, uh, from one to the other, and if it's you're able to carry the momentum from you know one one track to a different track. Yeah, of course. I mean, we went from straight from Mid Ohio, I believe, to like Iowa or something like that, and. Went from Iowa to I, I forget where it was after Iowa, but uh, that was that that schedule was seven years ago. But uh, you know, it, it, you go through all the different streets or, or street, road, oval, anything like that, and you bring that momentum with you because I mean, we've already driven on a lot of these circuits before, especially these guys in in IndyCar. They've driven the same circuits a lot, so I mean, you come back to it, but you come with a completely different mindset. If you're like, hey, I'm just I'm the winner of the last race. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do great. And once you have that mindset, it's almost like a law of attraction thing, or I don't know really how to pinpoint it, but it's just a mindset and it helps so much. It's, it's crazy going into the next weekend. Uh, good stuff. Uh, hopefully uh, that uh, you know. Hopefully we'll see what uh, McLaughlin and the uh, Thirsty Threes have uh, for the uh, road course here at uh, IMS, and then like I said, uh, the big enchilada that uh, everyone circles on their calendar that is the Indianapolis 500. Uh, but before we get into uh, any of that, let's take a look at uh, the results uh, from today's uh, races. They are you know, so. Coming up on the screen now, uh, as we said, uh, the winner there, uh, Scott McLaughlin, and he was followed by Roman Grosjean, 
Will Power, Pato Award, Alex Palou, Christian Lungard, which I thought a great run for not only uh, Lungard, uh, but for that whole uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan uh, racing team as well. Uh, Scott Dixon and Alexander Rossi. Uh, coming in from 9 to 19, uh, it is uh, Felix Rosenquist, who I thought uh, RC and Josh worked his tail off uh, from what happened to him at the uh, beginning of the race, uh, where he was uh, he had a good uh, starting position, uh, ends up getting shuffled uh, to the back uh, by spinning out, and then he had to uh, definitely work his tail off, I think, to, uh, to get uh, to uh, finish in the top 10. Uh, and then uh, rounding out the top 10 was Marcus Erickson. And then it was uh, Marcus Armstrong, Kyle Kirkwood, Callum Eilat, Colton Herta, uh, Joseph Newgarden, Renus VK, Graham Rahal, and Simon Pagino. And then uh, uh, 19 to 27, uh, it's uh, David Malukas, Santino Ferrucci, Elio Castroneves, uh, Benjamin Peterson, Delvin DeFrancesca, Jack Harvey, Connor Daly, Augustin Campino, and finishing at 27th was Stingray Rob. Uh, any other takeaways, uh, Josh or RC, that you have uh, from uh, Barbara here uh, that uh, you want to talk about? Um, I think one of the more impressive things I saw was with, with Armstrong. I mean, I know he's a rookie, but I wouldn't exactly like most of the rookies that come in, I wouldn't exactly classify him as a rookie just because of how much experience he has. Um, but to come from the qualifying penalty to make it all the way up to 11th, kind of like almost not talked about at all in the broadcast besides at the very end, but just kind of casually picked up spots through pit stops and through the, through the pit stop strategy was a, uh, a pretty impressive showing to get all the way up. I mean, you look at people like power and what he did when you look at the people that made up a ton of positions, that is extremely difficult to do at that track. It's uh, every time I've ever raced there in my entire career, which I think would be like five different race weekends where I started, I was within one or two positions of where I started to where I finished. And it was the same way for most people. And most of the time, those races run green all the way through. Had Stingray Rob not had a, a mechanical issue, that thing would have gone green all the way through. And I think that would have threw a whole nother wrench in this whole thing as well. RC question. Uh, um, do you... Uh... Do, do you prefer a race going uh, all all the way green, you know, or do you like a couple cautions put in there so that it's not uh, not so much pressure put on your uh, pit crew to be able to, you know, get you in and get you out before everything because everyone's going full speed? That completely depends on where you're head on track because yellows can help you a lot and or they could hurt you a lot. So. It kind of, I mean, if the yellow hurts you, then you're like, well, why didn't this race just go green? And then if you get a yellow and it really helps you, I was like, well, I'm glad that person either crashed or had mechanical, like, well, not glad they crashed, but like mm -hmm. you're, you're thankful for the yellow to come out and give you that position over everybody else. Cause I mean, everybody knows. And I mean, even in IndyCar in pretty much any series that has massive amounts of down like this, it is very difficult to pass. Um, it happens, and you see it all the time because the car set up. But in comparison to a lot of other series like GT racing, anything like that, there's a lot less passing 
and it comes down to a lot of qualifying and where you're in, coming down to track position. So I think having a race run green, it kind of depends on where you're at. I think at the Indy 500, if you run green, it's really, really good because the racing's always really good. Uh, Road America, long straightaways, big passing opportunities. Uh, but a place like Barber, I think Yellows just throws a whole nother wrench in it with people in different tires. I thought this race was, out of all the Barber races I've watched, which you picked a good one to, for your first Barber race to watch, um, was one of the better ones I've ever watched, just on the simple fact that blew at the right time. They had the right distance race to make it possible for the, the, the three-stop strategy to work, and then the two-stop strategy barely being able to make it. So I think there was a good fluctuation there, and I think that should be the goal for most races is seeing what strategy, like giving multiple strategies. I mean, I've been a part of plenty that where it's just this strategy. That's what you got to do. The only way you're going to do anything is gamble super early and just hope a yellow comes out. Where this one, the three-stop strategy, if you had the pace, which the Penske cars did, you could make it work. I would have been very excited to see what that did going green all the way through. I do think Grosjean would have still had a, uh, a very, very large lead, but I do think it was a, a really good race overall. And yeah. Speaking of strategy in, in the last minutes we have before we're joined by our two guests is when, when the race strategy is implemented, if you're going to do a two stop or three stop, is that something that is already discussed uh, between the, uh, the engineers and the uh, strategist and the driver on Friday, or is that something you wait till after practice, after qualifying and is implemented? Uh, um, either before warm-up or after warm-up? Um, it kind of depends. I, I think one of the huge factors that people had was how was their car on reds. Um, that was probably a big deciding factor. I don't think the Penske cars were as strong on reds as some other cars, like the Andretti cars. Um, but I think everybody on primaries, like if you ran primaries the entire race, the two-stop strategy was the way to go. But throwing the red stint in there, it makes it very, very difficult to go that long on them unless you're really conserving and you have the car set up to, to make sure you're not burning it up. And then the final factor that goes into it is track position. Where'd you qualify? If you're qualified up front and you already have the track position, you can afford to save fuel. Even if you only lose one to two spots, you're still substantially ahead. I mean, if you look at the time and scoring pillar on the broadcast and by the time we're 10 laps in first to 25th is like almost 30 seconds already just because of the way the cars structure out and how close they can all run it just ends up being that huge of distance so i mean by the time you get 10 laps in the leader can pit and still not pop out in last place so it comes down to track position comes down to how your car handles on reds and if you're able to stretch it it's, it, it ultimately comes down to uh, how far see. You very rarely see um, people have an open strategy. We're like, oh, I don't know if we're going to do this or that. Uh, usually you have a set in stone strategy before you even go into the race and you just kind of stick to your guns. Um, the only thing that throws that in is, is a yellow. When you see a yellow come, um, like you saw the, the Penske guys, they were obviously just already set on that three-stop strategy. They were going to do it no matter what. 
and the yellow happened to be in their favor. Um, but they were they were set to do it, and they were they were already committed. You look at a lot of the cars that started up front, below Auto, John. Uh, they were all since they had the track position, they're already up front. They were committed to the two stop already. Good stuff, RC. Good stuff. Thank you uh, for uh, for answering that. I was just curious when you uh, when do you implement your uh, your pit strategy? Is that going to be you know Friday or is that going to be right before uh, the race on Sunday? But uh, speaking of uh, the special guests that I uh, mentioned at the top of the show, uh, one of them is joining us now. And again, I don't I don't like speaking for Josh because he can handle his own, uh, but definitely honored and pleasure, have the pleasure uh, to be joined by uh, one of the car owners uh, that you're going to see uh, enter the Indianapolis 500 here in about a few weeks time, uh, Don Cusack. Uh, Don, I know uh, your time is valuable. I know you have a, a fancy dinner uh, to uh, get to this evening, but first and foremost, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, how are uh, how are things going? I know they're ramping up, and you're going to be uh, heading our way here in the uh, not so distant future. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you, Derek. Um, we're super excited. Um, it's really nice to have a little bit of run up time this year, as opposed to the previous two years when uh, you know everything was last minute and a scramble. Uh, we actually got to practice, and uh, Steph actually got to. I think he ran about 105 laps in the car um, just on the one day of April practice. So, yeah, it's good. We're, we're super excited about it. So for what you can and uh, what you can tell us here, tell us a little bit about how all this came about. I know uh, you had to uh, team up with uh, Dry and Reinbold Racing, but uh, tell us how this all came about. Yeah, I, you know, we it's uh, – well, you know, you know the story about the first year I met Stefan and all that, and and so that was just kind of a uh, what I thought was going to be a one-time experience. But um, fortunately for me, my wife loved it as much as I did, and she said, "We we got to do this again." So um, we put together a team. It's led by Anders with Steph, uh, Anders Crum with Stefan as our driver, and then I added a couple of guys that worked for me for a number of years, uh, Billy Morgan. Uh, basically our sponsorship liaison and Tom Fink, our operations guy. Um, and they just went to work. I, I mean, this is kind of what we were hoping to do is to get with a team like Dreyer Reinbold um, with good cars and, you know, good opportunity to, uh, to run at the top of the pack. And, uh, and so they just, they just started having conversations and um, one thing led to another and we were able to sign with them, I think October, uh, which was phenomenal um, because the last few times it was, may so uh yeah that that was really what it was, it was just a lot of conversation um you know dryer reinbold knew the wilson family because justin ran with them so uh so that really helped and um and they put it together oh i just thought i got a message stefan's trying to log on uh good stuff okay uh, while he uh, does that, um, I know you just touched on uh, Stefan was able to run uh, quite a few laps uh, a couple weeks ago here at at testing, and I think you had to come away from that uh, pretty excited uh, to where he was running. If, if memory serves me correctly, I think he finished in, in the top 10. So you have to be pretty excited going into the month of May with those results. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, super early and, and obviously hard to tell, but uh, to jump in a car after a year and uh, go out there and run, uh, I think you ran 225.960, six quick for the uh, practice, yeah, that was a nice feeling. Certainly uh, the uh, polar opposite of where we'd been uh, prior to that. Yeah, definitely had to uh, feel good, uh, you know, him being out of the car for as long as he has been and and being able to uh, climb on board there and uh, push out results that uh, had to be uh, pretty satisfying, I think, for uh, everyone involved. Uh, Josh, I'm going to throw it o over to you and uh, have you uh, uh, ask, some, ask some questions there to Don. Mr. Cusick, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's an honor to have you on. Um, how, how can you? Uh, how did you get into racing? I mean, have you always been? In, I've I tried to do a little bit of a uh, little bit of research on you, and I'm, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see too much. But um, how did you get into racing and and wanting to be able to do this sport? Hi, Josh. First of all, yeah, thanks so much for having us on. We uh, it's an honor for us. Um, yeah, big gap between my actual behind the wheel driving. And, uh, and now, <laughs> but uh, when I was 13, we started racing quarter midgets and um, got the bug uh, for, for me personally driving. Um, I guess my goal back then, most kids, you know, they want to be policemen or firemen. I want to be an Indy car driver, but uh, you know, a lack of talent, a lack of funds. Uh, when those two crossroads hit that it became apparent that wasn't going to happen for me. Um, so, uh, you know, I raced a few different open wheel uh, cars and I got into motorcycles for a while. Uh, and then a long gap, got married, raised kids, started a business. And when uh, I sold the business, my wife knew I was a, a car freak. So she said, the first thing we're going to do is go to the thermal club and join there. And I said, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so I think I sold the business on April 7th and we bought a house in here on April 20th. Um, so kind of reignited my driving passion and then just a whole bunch of events um uh you know we uh i was looking for something different than than the 911 gt3 rs's that everybody drove and i found uh hendrick uh motorsports just started selling uh used gen 6 cars that they rebuilt called them track attack cars so i bought one of those and brought it out here and one of the driving instructors um knew Stefan and asked me if he could come out and drive it. And I said, sure. And Stefan and I struck up a friendship that day. And um, yeah, one thing led to another. I think, I think the line was, I said, I, I asked him if he could get me to the Indy 500 because I'd never been there. If he knew anybody for tickets and a good connection and he made that connection, I invited him to come with me and he goes, well, once you've driven there, you don't really want to be a fan, which I didn't understand until of course I was there. And so I, I made the financial blunder of saying, okay, how do we get there? And, and darn if he didn't get us a seat with uh, Andretti in their sixth car. And we wrote the check and we went racing. And that was it. It was over for me at that point. I was hooked. My wife was hooked. Um, there was little doubt but that we wanted to get back. So we spent the whole, um, you know, second half of 2021 and, and the first half of 2022 trying to get a ride. And nothing really materialized, and um, we were very fortunate that Jay Fry and a, and a, and a group at IndyCar helped us to uh, 
to at least get that 33rd card with Foyt. And uh, I believe that was, what, Stefan, three weeks before uh, the race, maybe three or four weeks. So um, not ideal, but we, we got to the race, and I, th- I think we built some of the credibility we needed to, uh, to you know, open the door and, and start talking with the guys at Dryer Reinbold. And, of course, that all worked out, and the rest is history. Here we go with a, a great car and, a, I think, a great opportunity for 2023. 20, Welcome on, uh, Mr. Wilson. Stefan Wilson uh, joined us here. Uh, excited to have you on with us. Uh, I know Derek was uh, he was uber excited that, uh, when he texted me earlier today. He texted me in all capitals. We're having a, we're having a second driver on, and it's I was like, <laughs> okay, this is going to be really cool. I can't wait. We got uh, we got Mr. Cusick coming on, and we got uh, Stefan Wilson along with RC Enerson. I mean, this is we're, we're having a, this is probably. 24th show. This is probably our biggest show that we've had. Uh, I know That's Derek's awesome. excited about it. Yeah, uh, we're we're excited to be here, and you got one of you certainly got my favorite IndyCar driver on the on the screen right now. No, it's uh, great to be joining you guys, and uh, you know, uh, as Don said, you know, the excitement's uh, building. Stefan, again, like Josh said, uh, thank you for uh, joining us, and. Uh, just curious, I know we were talking with uh, Don before you came on uh, about uh, testing uh, a few weeks ago and how uh, uh, how exhilarating and how satisfying it was to be able to jump into a car um, that's been up for about a year. And, you know, the, the multitude of laps that you did, so the top 10, talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, it was a really strong day for us. You know, we um, been out of the car for a year, so you know uh, it was nice just to have that day separate of the month and and just uh, you know focus on on getting up to speed. And you know, it's uh, it's kind of like riding a bike; it all comes back pretty quick, and then we could really crack in and and crack on and, and get uh, going through the rest of the program. You know, we had a whole uh, list of items we wanted to get through a checklist and we got through that you know relatively quickly you know it's nice when it's like that you know it's not often the case i've been on the other end of that where last year where it all came together so late and you roll off the truck and you're in a bad window and you're literally you know throwing changes at it, changes at it all day and you never really seem to make it that much better you make it slightly better but you never make it that much better so it's definitely a nice feeling to finish that day and be like, we didn't need to do that many changes and we're in sort of the ballpark of what I want to feel from the car. And, you know, it feels relatively, it felt relatively fast that day, but, you know, it's it's a long month. You know, there's still a whole week of practice left and there's a whole group of smart engineers and drivers up and down the pit lane that are going to be trying to make their cars faster. So. At the end of the day, we can't take that for granted, and we have to do our, our homework and make sure that we turn up at the, the the week of May, you know, the week of first week of practice, and and we're we're back where we were, and and we've made some gains ourselves. You know, that's the only way that we can ensure that we're going to be back towards the uh, the sharp end again. Um, you guys can hear me okay, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can okay. hear you. Stefan, can you uh, can uh, you give us a little bit of insight into what... Stefan is... What is... 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, the question I have is when you're going into the Indianapolis 500, both of you have experience in doing so. Do you set – what kind of goals uh, do you set at not only personally for the race but uh, as a team as well? So for me, I mean, they're really – you can't really set a goal until you get the first couple of days of practice – under the belt, you know, we all ideal, you know, we have an idea of where we want to be. And the goal is always to be, you know, qualifying well, racing well, have a good race car that can come to be comfortably run 500 miles and, and race well. That's the goal. <laughs> but, there, you know, it, it's uh, a little bit difficult to just uh, come in with that expectation right off the bat, you know, because it is, it's, it's a challenge every year at Indy. You know, the cars right now are, are so, um, they're, they're heavy and, and aero dependent. Um, and we're probably a little light on downforce. We've, we've definitely made the, the product better in terms of the, the, uh, the changes that the series have made since over the winter, you know, to make the, the racing a little bit better, but it's still tough and it's still, you're trying to get that perfect recipe. Um, and you, you know, uh, at the same time, all the teams are, are, are so competitive these days up and down the field, you know? So, it's it's a challenge you, you can't really come in with that mindset of like this is what i want to achieve this you know until we get a few days into it and know what's what's realistic and i think you know ultimately my ideal may if, if i was to come away from it this year would be to qualify in the fast 12 and to to, to finish inside the top 10 i think that's that's a that's a realistic target based on how the test went and based on what the team has done in the off season how I feel on the car, but, you know, we'll have to see once we get the first couple of days in, you know, if that uh, is going to be achievable. Yeah. Stefan, I wanted to kind of ask you that question. I was like, we, I feel like we've both kind of been a part of our, our a program that's been a rushed thing where it's like you show up last yeah. minute and go ahead. It, the car just doesn't have the speed and you're doing the best you can in the car. And then just what's the confidence level of, <laughs> Having that full preparation, you guys, I mean, you guys announced what, back in like February almost? Or yeah, like we announced back in like November, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it it's uh, definitely, you, it gives you some confidence, you know, it, it's, you know, and that the team has, has really done a lot of prep on the car, but again, Indy's Indy, you know, it doesn't know anyone anything, and we saw really competitive guys years ago get bumped you know we got we saw hinch get bumped out of the field we saw fernando alonso get bumped so like it it that um that thought is always in the back of your head but at the same time you know i think having that test day sort of helped sort of uh know that at least the balance of the car and the setup is is in the window so now we just need to make it make sure that it's got the speed on qualifying just to give ourselves a good qualifying position because the racing at Indy, you know, it's so important to, to be starting towards the front. You know, it's, it's not like the old days of like the, the DW 12 and then the, with the error kits where you, you could start 33rd and, and if you had a good car, you could move forward and find your way at the front. It, it really is a track position race almost now. So um, it, we've, we've got to measure up, that risk versus reward, we've got to go for it. But 
at the same time, we don't have that luxury of like, you know, being a guaranteed guaranteed starting spot anymore. So if they're if you risk it too much, then you know, then uh, you know you're risking a lot. So. Uh, I do have, I have two. Um, I did notice it, and I think this is going to be for Don and RC. Uh, um, Elio Castro, that the track is the one that picks the winner. How perspectives, how tr- I think I know where he's trying to get on this one. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'll, I'll let Stefan go first. But I think we both know. It, I mean, it, it comes down to really good strategy and no mistakes. That's really the ticket. I mean, you looked at last year, and Dixon looked like the overall, like from the green flag, pretty much the guaranteed winner. And then he gets a pit speed and penalty, and then Pelos the, the now the takeover, and then he gets a pit speed and penalty, and then now Marcus takes over, coming out of like almost nowhere. I mean, it's it it is very difficult. I mean, everybody puts pools together. Probably people are putting bets together. It's almost like trying to bet on Talladega NASCAR. It's you never really know who's going to come across that start line first. I mean, Alexander Rossi was one of the one of the. Uh, Surprise ones as well. I mean, saved the fuel and, and made it work, and the strategy came out right. Was he the fastest car? Probably not, but it's it's just the way the cards fall. And I mean, Stefan could probably attest to that. You were in position many times here to be in that spot, and if you get a lucky yellow, it helps you. But if you don't get it, it kind of screws you. So it's it's just kind of I, I feel like that is right. Indy kind of does pick the winner. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, they, they always say that Indy picks the winner, but it just goes to show that there is that element of, of luck involved in it. It's a lot of skill, but there is some luck involved. And then as, as RC pointed out, it, it's so much about not making mistakes. It's so easy to lose the Indy 500 is is what it really comes down to. Um, there's only one way to win it. <laughs> there's, there's a thousand ways to lose it. And um you know, that's that's something that I've put on, you know, I've taken on board a lot, you know, having, uh, you know, make, making a few mistakes. I made a mistake last year in the pits on the first pit stop. And I, you know, I don't I don't like making mistakes. So I want to rectify that. And, you know, I, I take that to heart. And it, it's sort of something that I've really thought about this offseason is just wanting to execute and, and do everything perfect, have a perfect month. And, and that's. I'm, I'm so hungry for that. Um, you know, everyone is, but more so now myself now than, than ever, you know, it's just like, it's, it's time to, to, you know, have a, a really, a really solid clean month and, and come away with a, a good result. So, you know, that's what we're shooting for. And, uh, you know, I think um, if you can minimize mistakes and on race day, then it's going to give you a good, a good shot. And then you're going to have to have good pit stops, a fast car, a really well handling car in traffic, and you know, then it's uh, the rest is is down to some luck at the end of the day. That that's what makes um, the Indy 500 so special. Yeah, I've watched. Uh, I think this will be the 60th 60 Indy 500 <laughs> I've watched. Uh, 
even back in That's the awesome. days of the yeah the front engine roadsters and man you know what it's exciting every single time you just don't know who's going to win the race it's it i can count on one hand the amount of times that somebody actually ran away with a race and even some of those when it looked like it was a done deal a part broke on the turbine car back whenever that was 68 or 69 and yeah. race over you know so yeah it's uh it's really fun on Ponelli, Ponelli Jones is coming, yeah. right? That's yeah, Ponelli Jones. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Mr. Uh, Cusick. For a young guy. Mr. Cusick, I have a question for you. Yes, what is it like being a dry? What is it like being the owner of a car on on race day? I mean, uh, phenomenal. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it it gives me goosebumps. I will tell you that. Um, of all the things I've done in my life, and I've done quite a few things. That's the one thing that it's almost inexplicable. You're standing on the grid, all the people, all the circumstance and pomp, and and it's just surreal. I mean, I, honestly, I've brought guys out there that are pretty stoic sponsors onto the track, and when the jets fly over, I look at them and they got tears running down their eyes. It's amazing. It it truly is, and you know, much like Stefan said to me. Once you've been there as a driver, you don't really want to go as a spectator. I can't imagine being there without being a car owner or a major sponsor and being able to participate in everything that is the Indy 500. It's truly an amazing experience. I can imagine. I can imagine it's nerve-wracking too. You know, you you put so much um, so much time and energy into it, and uh, you just want you just want everything to go right. I can imagine. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm always nervous for, for the driver, for Steph. Um, you know, I've got butterflies like he does, but he's got to go out and do the job. Um, I will generally stand in the pits with the headphone on, pacing back and forth until I wear a pair of shoes. Um, <laughs> it's true. I, I can't true. go up in the tweet and watch. I mean, you can't see anything from behind the pit wall, really, but I listen and I just, I can't go up in the tweet and watch. I got to be there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty big thrill. Uh, it really is. It's one of the, the bigger thrills, certainly the biggest thrill in my sporting life. That's, that's what I've loved working with Don so much is just how passionate he is for the Indy 500. I mean, I remember the first year we worked together in 2021. You know, I, I didn't know Don very well at the time. You know, we just had a, a couple of interactions and then we're at the Indy 500 together. And, you know, first day of practice happens. He's on California time. We did a, a car launch that day. So we did the car launch at like 7 a.m., which is 4 a.m. his time. He's there, bright, bright and bushy-eyed. And then the whole day of practice, every time, like the whole week, but the first day blew me away. Every time I came in to stop, I could see Don on the pits, on the, on the, just over the wall, headset on, just, just loving it. And it's just like, I, I expected him, okay, he's going to be there for an hour and then he, he's going to get bored of this. And, he was there the entire day, and then the next day and the next day, every day of May, you can find Don Cusick on pit lane. Um, I've never met someone with, with just as much passion as he does for the for the race. You know, it's it's awesome. It's so cool to to be a driver for him. <laughs> That's nice. It's uh, it you know, it's just fun to interact with all the other drivers, the fans. Um, and the best part is, my wife was there with me too, standing in the pits all day long. <laughs> Yeah. He, uh, he may be a bigger fan than I am, if that's possible. 
That's always a good thing to get the uh, significant other on board because then that's something you can do do together. It helps. It helps. Uh, Mr. Kusick, you also said something. I, uh, how hard is it to go out and get sponsors for the cars? Um, I've talked to a couple uh, couple announcers that have, uh, that uh, uh, Don. How hard is it to get the uh, sponsors to come on board? It's hard. Um, I hate. I hate. I'm sure RT will uh, will tell you it. It's a lot of work. Um, you know, it, it's um, it's interesting because our sponsors. Um, we we still have all the same sponsors from when we started, and then we've of course added some. I think kind of the joke in the paddock is we have 20 sponsors on the car. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know hit the friends, hit the family, hit the associates, and. I think once you get them out there and they see it, they 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 become hooked on it like we are, and then they grow with us, which is uh, which is great. So um, it's a little unconventional. I think they have 20 sponsors painted onto a, a car, but it's also really cool because we're introducing probably uh, I don't know 60, 80, 100 people, uh, many of whom have never been to an Indy car race, and um, and every time we do. The reaction has been super positive. They like it and they they want to sign on for the next one. So, so that's kind of how we're building our, our program from uh, from from you know the bottom up basically. Okay. The the last question I have the last question I have for both Steph. and and Don because I know uh, Don you have a prior engagement that you need to get to. Probably answer this as well, but night before the 500, what is is there a special routine, uh, Don? You you go through and what's the feeling the night before the race when you know you know you wake up tomorrow morning and uh, it, it's for all the. You know, it, it. I was thinking about that today. It's funny. So yeah, we do have a routine. Um, the last few years, we've had our sponsor appreciation get together the night before the race. Um, starts kind of early and and ends a little bit early. And um, yeah, it's it's hard to sleep. I, I mean, I really equate it to back when I was a very young lad, and uh, you know, we used to go to Disneyland on my birthday every year, and um, I couldn't wait to go to sleep because then morning came quicker. So. <laughs> I, I go to sleep early. I, I mean, I'm I'm in bed probably by nine o'clock, and I'm also up at three thirty in the morning. And I was the first one in the garage. I unlocked it uh, on race day and started greeting the fans. And and I mean, it's super special. It, it really is. Um, it's a mix of of excitement and um, and just. I don't know. You know, you just you just never know what's going to happen. So um, I think it's it's you're super hopeful, you're super excited, and just really get caught up in all the pageantry and and everything that it is. And it's a really super special day. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm in bed early so I can get up early because I want to <laughs> soak every second of it in that I can. By the way, the cannon is really loud uh, right before the sun comes up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that it is. Nothing that surprised me. I'll have to find out how that feeling goes once, hopefully, I make the race. Um, 
I got a chance to make it two years ago, and we didn't make it because it was a uh, Josh. Job. Do you want? And I came through all the problems that you have when you you build the car in thirty something days and try to make the field. Um, so I'm hoping to do that this year, and hopefully I can pick up a routine. Maybe Stefan can tell me what he does. There's not much to it, you know. You just uh, you try and get some sleep, you try and rest, but you know it's just like any big race. I'll see you just um, you know you're you're already playing out scenarios in your head. You're trying to to think about um, you know what all is going to happen and how you can react to certain things and the race start. Um, and just all everything that lies ahead of you in the next 24 hours and, you know, trying to be as prepared as possible. But, um, yeah, I know that, um, you know, the, the, all I know is that on race day morning, that time from waking up to that loud cannon going off and, and to the green flag, it just, it flies by. You, you just, uh, it, it goes by so quick and you don't even realize um, you know, you blink and then all of a sudden you're, you're on the, you know, you're on the grid. So it's uh prior, you know, get, get things done that you need to get done early. Cause you know that your time is not going to be your own, um, but anything time, anything past, uh, 8 30, 9am it's, 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 uh, it's going to, you're not going to have time to do it. <laughs> so, you know, I think, um, no, I think you got a good shot this year, RC, and I think that, um, be nice to see you and have a, a little bit better prepared car and, and get an opportunity to to really show what you could do. Yeah, hopefully make one of these uh, full time drivers sweat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're glad to have you on board. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I think we're gonna yep. have fun in May. So. Good stuff. Yeah, gonna make us all in it. That's that's the uh, that's the beauty of ND. Derek, did you have anything else you want to say? Derek's having some technical issues. Uh, I think he's there having a question. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah ho hopefully I'm back. It's my internet's horrible, but. Uh, Don, before you leave, there's a there's a, a question in chat. I, I was hoping you would address uh, one of our premier betters that comes on uh, and it talks about the uh, betting side of IndyCar. We'd love to see sisters uh, on uh, on maybe your car or someone else's. Can you uh, talk about that a little bit before you have to go? Yeah, sure. We'd love to have him. I uh, I just saw the chat um, and uh, and answered them. Um, absolutely. We would uh, would love to have that. Um, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, Stefan, we still have the rear wing side plates available. So if they want to join us, let me know. We'd love to have them. You heard it right there. Yeah. I think I've got really good odds right now as well. Like, <laughs> like 70 plus 7,500 to win. So I'm like... Oh. You know, I don't even pretty know good, pretty good odds. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna win, I'll put money on it. I'll put money on it right now. <laughs> We're gonna do our level best. I can tell you that. I mean, the first Absolutely. thing VRR said to us before we signed on was, "We're in this thing to win." So, um, hope you're prepared for that. We're like, "Yeah, that'd work." <laughs> yeah. 
no, they, DRR have done a really nice job and, you know, preparing the cars and, you know, it, it's a really testament to the crew and the guys that they've been able to acquire over the years. And, you know, at the same time, the level of dedication that they put into the cars. I mean, that's what I saw when I met with them and that's what Ryan saw as well and what got him so excited, you know, and, you know, last year, you know, Ryan chose to sat, sit out rather than do something, do what I did. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it was a, a reassuring to get, see him sign on as well. And, and um, you know, uh, that he, he was as excited about the opportunity that I, you know, that I saw as well. Yeah. You guys look really strong at the, at the open test. That was really good to see. It's always anybody that's doing a just, just 500 effort or anything like that. You'd love to see it. That's what the fans like to go for, even though the bar is set so low from the outside perspective as drivers, you're like, well, I set my bar way higher than that. <laughs> and yep. it was really cool to see you guys have the pace you guys did. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah. It, when it goes like that the day, then it, you, you leave pretty happy that, you know, it's, um, but as I said, there's, there's still a whole week of testing and, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, you never know what that test, that first test is going to be like, you know, in terms of what people are really showing and um, what we have to do now is go out there and the practice week and actually back that up and, and show that it's, con you know, that it's consistent. So I do. We'll, uh, How was that? How was that like? What's that? How was that win like on the open test? I'm pretty sure it was like, what, 15 mile an hour sustained 20, 30. I think it guys. was. 18 sustained and 36 miles per hour, I guess. It, it, I, that's a rough day at Indy. <laughs> it is. It is. And having the experience that I had last year at Fast Friday, which was absolutely terrifying, um, because you, you, the boost is turned up, you're on low downforce, and my car just generally wasn't handling the best. And it just kind of really exposes all those things. So, um, yeah, I was, I was terrified last year and i think i was one of the i think i was the first guy out to do a qualifying sim and i and i'm stupid and just did the whole four laps instead of being bailing after two and then i saw everyone bailing after two laps and i'm like okay it wasn't just me that was uh having a hard time of it <laughs> and um you know so the test at the test when i saw those wins i'm like oh crap like this is ideal first day back in the place. car for a year and to have that and you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. You know, like I. I didn't think so. Like it was gusty and yeah, hell of a tailwind down the back straight. The speeds were crazy different from one end to the other. Um, but I was, I I was much more apprehensive going into it. And at the end, I got got going, and I was like, yeah, this is not not so bad. So, you know, I think it's crazy how many more windy days. Uh, we have at the speedway lately in the last sort of couple of years um, than we than we've had in the past, you know. So um, I'm sure that that wind is going to raise its head again in practice week. I'll be surprised if we get away without um, you know one, at least one windy day. Well, we'll just have to pray for good weather. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to pray for good weather, and uh, yeah, it's. I think once you turn that qualifying boost up. And the low downforce, it really magnifies it. I yeah. think when you're already running in traffic, it's yeah. I mean, you're already getting turbulent air, so what's just a little more wind? Type of yeah. Mentality. 
But yeah, yeah the, the only thing where it was like kind of hairy was off off a of turn four where that wind hit your nose and you know sometimes it just yeah the car just didn't didn't like it. Um, so that was the only time where you just had to be yeah you know, have your wits about you and just be really you know paying attention you know. But like you said, once you're on the race downforce, it, it mask it helps mask that somewhat. <laughs> Well, uh, Mr. Cusick and uh, Stefan, we'd like to thank you for being on, uh, and good luck this coming May. Uh, hopefully, you can uh, you guys can come away with a great great starting position and a great uh, finishing position. We uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on uh, on behalf of me and Derek and uh, RC, and uh, good luck uh, this coming May. Hey, thanks, thank guys. Really, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. And if you're uh, if you're out at any, come see us in, uh, well, it's number 24. I don't know what garage we're in yet, but uh, come say hi. We will definitely find you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate Good your time. Thanks, Thanks, guys. I'll probably Good see luck. you later. I'll see you in a couple weeks. I see we have uh, Mike on from IndieBet. Uh, how you doing, Mike? What's up, boys? That was an interesting. Uh, that was a fun conversation there. I love it that that Don uh, is asking. Uh, I love it that that uh, Steph knows his odds. Like off the top of his head, he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm seventy-five to one," which is and he awesome. was. Yeah. And, uh, I'm curious, and, man. If if Don, I think lives in Vegas, man. Like he he should be able to you know set up a meeting with Caesars and uh, slap them. Slap, you know, they just throw out marketing money like it's like it's nothing to you know save on some taxes. So, uh, man, we we should we should. Uh, we should maybe make some phone calls. I know uh, Doug Bowles has got some connections to Caesars and their uh, with their sports book. Maybe we can maybe we can like manifest that, make that happen somehow. Like that would be awesome to see uh, Caesars or DraftKings or FanDuel on the side of a car, and then maybe that would uh, maybe that would get us some more betting IndyCar momentum. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of curious. Bizarre. Now go ahead. No, I'm just. I, I was just saying. I was like, he knew his odds off the top of his head. I don't even know what mine are. Uh, Plus, put it in the chat, man. You're you're three hundred to one. So yeah. I said in the chat, we could uh, we could fund your cars. You know, you're about fifty to one. The top five, man. We could fund your cars for the next couple of years. You know, if we hit that top five, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, uh, this past weekend we had Barber. Uh, did you walk away with uh, with a bag full of money? Yeah, man. Barber was was good. Uh, Barber, we hit another hit a winner. Uh, so Tony and I stayed hot on the uh, Burnout Bets, uh, you know, show. We uh, uh, McLaughlin was one of our guys. We had McLaughlin, Polo, um, uh, an award to win. Were our three to win tickets. Uh, so we cashed the McLaughlin bet. Um, I added a bunch more McLaughlin uh, when they tweeted out the tires in the morning. I, I noticed that all those Penske cars were going to start on the blacks and do the three stoppers. And just something told me that uh, him being the only guy in the top five on blacks made me want to maybe want to double down a little bit more on him. Um, so he was a six to one winner. Um, granted, it would have been I had way more money on Polo uh, and Polo not and power kind of spoiled his top three even though he, he, I think he finished fifth. Um, so Polo winning, Polo would have been a, a much bigger win, um, but it was still a profitable week. Anytime I hit a winner, uh, especially at six to one, that was awesome. So yeah, the weekend worked out great. Barber's all about figuring out who's going to qualify. 
and betting those numbers beforehand. Um, and the bets were McLaughlin, Pillow, uh, and Award, and they all made the top six. Grosjean kind of spoiled my party because uh, I had bets on two, three, four, and five and, uh, of the top six. So all I had to do was add Grosjean to my card for top three and, and cash that bet too. So, uh, yeah, so it was a good weekend, man. It was it was a profitable weekend, and anybody that hopefully some people uh, listened to, you know, what we were saying and and followed and, and made some money along with us. I made seven dollars. I put ninety dollars out there on. I spread it out between different ones. I had a three team, three uh, three matchup parlay going. Uh, that didn't hit. I only hit one of them, but I was able to hit. Uh, I hit Roman. Uh, finishing well i think i had him in the top five and Pato finishing in the top five and so i was uh, i was able to win 97 dollars back so uh, i'll be taking That's that losing put, 90 oh yeah most definitely i was excited i was excited seven dollars was all seven dollars is uh was always going to be good for me yeah i wasn't sure i had to go back and look at the account because i knew i hit the winner with mclaughlin but i knew that i was heavily invested in polo top three uh and polo to win um so when he when power snuck up on that three stop strategy uh, and Polo kind of shuffled back to uh, fifth with a ward there, um, I was like, oh, man, I was like, let's let's see how this worked out. But when I when I when all the math was done, I hit an Erickson over Kirkwood matchup. I told you I was going to fade Kirkwood at this track, um, not really an Andretti track for setup, more of a Ganassi Penske track. And that's it's pretty much how it turned out. Absent Grosjean, who's. who's been pretty darn impressive i'm gonna have to start betting him and giving him more looks um but uh but yeah so it worked out well and hit another winner that's uh uh let's see all but one this year the only one we missed was kirkwood and we were all over that so 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 good uh good week that is awesome hopefully my uh, my audio is working this this internet's terrible but um how much information and data can you take uh, from this race and, and imply it to uh, what's coming up at the road course at Indy, or is this just kind of a wash? Um, well, it's funny you say the word wash, no pun intended. I, um, I'm not going to take a ton from the race last year at Indy. If you recall, that was a washout. I believe heard a slitter, like it was just a mess uh, in the weather. So you got to be careful and know that when you're, when you're placing your bets or doing your research. Um, I remember because I had a very large ticket on power at 12 to 1. He hit the pole. He went all the way down to like 2 to 1. I thought he would have ran away with that race if it was a dry, sunny day. Um, and it just wasn't to be with with the wet weather, just screwing everything up. So um, I'll take a little bit from Barber. Um, moreover, you apply it to next year. Uh, each each track's different. Each setup's different. Um but, uh, you know, it, it is applicable information for other road courses. I mean, I think these guys come into the races with different packages for road, street, and obviously oval. So, so yeah, I might uh, it, it'll play in a little bit. Like, I expect to be on power again um, in two weeks here at Indy. Um, another race where qualifying is important, weather is important. Uh, you have to watch out for all that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, there's a little bit, a little bit to it. But I'll, I'd rather lean more on track-to-track history. Yeah, I feel like also it's kinda... too. Do you anticipate? Go go ahead, RC. Well, I just feel like it's kind of crazy from year to year, or even during the middle of the season. Just team performance. I mean, it wasn't what last year was pretty much the breakout year for McLaren. 
Like they probably wouldn't even been on the betting board for anybody's consideration for majority of it. And then they came out breaking through. Andretti had a terrible year. And now this year, Andretti's come out swinging. Penske hasn't exactly been the strongest until he went to Barber. Um, besides McLaughlin, obviously, the at St. Pete, he was quick. But, I mean, I, you didn't really see them up there until we saw Barber. And then you look at NDGP with the, with the difference in weather, especially this time of year. And it's like, well, which team has been performing well? Which one's going to do well if it rains? How, how do you even structure that? <laughs> uh, yes, that's why they build these giant casinos, man. It's uh, it's not, you know, you got, I mean, look, uh, the cool part about betting IndyCar is I am paying and, and guys like us way more attention to the ins and outs of what people are saying, what their performance is week to week, what, you know, practice times are why practice times might, you know, in this, uh, like for instance, at Barber this week, practice one was a giant mess because of the red flags guys got held up. So I didn't put a ton of stock at some times and I was able, you know, they didn't even get the red tires on. So, you know, uh, I forget what, it might've been practice too, but anyway, but the point, point being is like the sports books don't pay attention to any of that for IndyCar. Uh, they're not taking a ton of bets. So it's an opportunity to just know more than the sports book and, and make money. Uh, you always start with betting numbers and not drivers. Um, you know, so you have to, you have to kind of find value and you have to make decisions and, um, you know, it depends if you're doing it for your fun or you're trying to make, you know, $7 profit every, every week. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike, the last, the last ROI, that's, if you think about it, if, if you extrapolate some more money on it, that's pretty good. Can't get Definitely. that in the Yep. <laughs> Uh, Mike, the last question that I have, um, how much line movement uh, do you anticipate uh, for the 500 between now and race weekend? A lot. Um, so, I mean, it'll, it'll be the second. So, so that's another thing. Like it won't be, there won't be any line movement when we're out here on the test days and some of the warm up days, but the second we get to the week of qualifying, um, then they'll pull down the numbers. They'll come off the. They'll just come off the board completely, and the sports folks will wait for qualifying to happen. And then you'll see a whole reshuffle based on qualifying of the numbers. So, um, man, I was just scrolling through it. Like, like you know, if you think, if you think that uh, RC or, or Steph's going to put the car, you know, in the top ten or the top fifteen, you know, RC's three hundred is going to very fat, very quickly drop to fifty. Um, and uh, I know one year I had a really big bet on J.R. Hildebrand. Uh, it was like a charity bet where I said, I'd, you know, I'd basically take all the winnings and donate to charity. And it was like 250 to one. And then he qualified pretty well and it dropped all the way to, I believe, 25 or 30, something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 going to move after qualifying or leading up to qualifying. So now is the time, I would say, you know, maybe a little bit after the GP to get those bets in. Um, I think we've talked about this before. I know I've already put uh, I have a Dixon ticket, you know, for instance, I have a Dixon ticket at nine to one. He's down to six and a half to one um, and a Rosenquist ticket. Um, that's still, he's still sitting at 30, you know, but I expect Rosenquist to qualify. I think the McLarens will be fast. I think he'll qualify, you know, maybe single digits, maybe top 10. Um, and I expect that 30 to drop. So I'm trying to get in early. So, um, so yeah, there'll be some movement. Some people might go the other way, you know, uh, Dixon or Ward are your favorites right now. If they don't, you know, New Garden, 
New Garden's eight to one. I expect him to go the other way. He never, he doesn't qualify well. He doesn't do well at Indy. Like that's just they're they're setting that number based on name recognition and championship standings and you know et cetera. Um, that probably goes the other way. So you you know that's a guy you'd wait on versus uh, versus pouncing on now. He's eight to one now. He probably goes off at like ten to fifteen something like that if if he doesn't qualify well. Uh, Josh, RC, uh, anything else that you want to ask uh, Mike before we uh, we let him go? Um, one thing I have is, does my three hundred to one change if I qualify for the race? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I think if you make the race, you you'll be more. Uh, if if you're sitting there in the thirty third spot, man, yeah, uh, uh, you'll probably get down to like two hundred or even one hundred. So let's just say. Uh, I'm- like twentieth, twenty fifth. How far down would it drop? Fifty, seventy five to one. Okay, so what you're saying is, if I'm going to bet on myself, I should do it before qualifying. That's right. Do it now. Okay. Okay. There you go. I'm in. I'm in. There you go. I'm in. I got a couple bucks on you. I can do that. That's worth it. So yeah, no. you'll have a. Yeah. Really good shot. Really, really good shot. These guys at Evo Motorsports, they've been prepping the car since February. It looks so pristine. It is. I, I, I'm hopefully going to be insanely uh, surprised on May 16th when I get in. Yeah, look, I mean, you get in the car and you post a good time, your numbers will drop even on May 16th, maybe. So uh, depending on if the sports books are paying any attention to, to us. So yeah, man, that's awesome. Good luck. And yeah, put that three, uh, I'd lock 301 is, uh, is the highest it, it, it goes. <laughs> so, so it's 300, yeah. like you bet $1, you win 300. That's yep. how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 10 bucks to win 3000. <laughs> okay. hundred bucks to win 30,000. Uh, Mike, I don't have a question. All I have to do is say, uh, we got your Gator boy. He's, uh, he's in town, Mr. Richardson. You did, you did. Uh, I was sitting at the Colts complex and when, uh, CJ went off the, um, went off the board second, I was like, oh crap, we're getting Will Levis because I thought Ursay was just so in love with Levis, but I guess the pick was always going to be your Anthony Richardson. So I can't wait to see, hopefully. I say he should start right away. Other people tell him he's not, but we'll see. But uh, excited to have him in town. Yeah, I hope that works out for you again. Like, yeah, I call. I should have bet that because I, I uh, Tony and I were talking about that, and I just had a feeling they kept showing his playing the Colts playing in Gainesville all this time. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he brings you a championship that he never brought Florida. Mm. So. Mike, uh, good stuff as always. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, see you out at, at IMS here for the uh, month. We'll uh, we'll meet up and uh, maybe we'll have a couple uh, adult sodas uh, as well. But uh, Mike, huge thank you uh, as always uh, for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking with you next week uh, from the uh, road course here in Indy. All right, guys, have a good one. Take care. Bye. All right, good stuff. Hopefully you've been following the advice that uh, Mike has been giving uh, throughout uh, the season. I know uh, RC is going to run out uh, to the sports books and uh, push his line uh, as far as uh, he can. But uh, uh, that does it, uh, fellas, uh, for uh, for this episode. <laughs> uh,
uh, that uh, push your line not only in the betting world but uh, on the track as well but uh, uh fellas that uh, that does it uh, for this episode uh, anybody else have anything before we get to the uh, show closer and we get on out of here i'm all good no nah, i'm good uh can't wait can't wait for the month of may to start just can't thank you guys enough for having yeah. having all on here it's it was awesome to have stefan and and Don on here. I mean, me and Stefan, we've been sim racing together for the past since 2020, when when all the sim racing thing was happening. So we we've been in contact. So it was cool to see him on here, and uh, hopefully, you guys get more more drivers on here. Maybe you can help us out, yeah, convince somebody in the in the garage to come on this May. I'll I'll see what I can do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, great point there by RC. Huge thank you to uh, not only uh, Don Cusick, uh, but uh, Stefan Wilson uh, for joining us and, and Mike from uh, Burnout Sports and, and Burnout Bets. Definitely love all the insight that uh, all three of you and uh, according or of course with uh, RC Enerson has brought to uh, this show as well. So like I said, that does it uh, for this week's episode. Uh, join us again next week uh, where we will be uh, previewing the uh, GMS, I believe that's what, or yeah, it's GMS, I believe, or G GMR, GMR, I think that's what it is. Uh, GMR uh, uh, Grand Prix out there at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I know uh, I'll be out there. I know uh, Josh will be out there, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, uh, run into uh, RC as well. So uh, for Derek, Josh, I'll be, I'll be and RC track on May fifth. So. <laughs> Uh, absolutely you'll be out there and we'll, we will have a grand old time as they like to say so for myself josh and rc and everyone else here at the push to pass podcast thank you for tuning in and we will see you in one week's time good morning sports fans from indianapolis indiana from the world's greatest race course this this is a rite of passage this is lore, passed down from generation to generation. Even those stories you can't remember are moments you never forget. This is where heroes become legends, and legends become legendary. From Ray Haroon to Mario Andretti and Marcus Erickson, this story takes a whole month to tell. You just don't know what indie means. This is a special blend of speed, tradition, and magic. This is blood, sweat, tears, and maybe a few beers. But it's much more, so much more. This is world-class and worldwide. Hoosier hospitality on a global stage. This is the Indy 500, but you've never seen this 500. This is May.